Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Oh boy, it's that special time of year. I've got my elf shoes on. Want to see my shiny bells? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you in the beginnings of the holiday season. Yeah, the Christmas tree is up, and uh, uh, Frosty the Pipe Smoker is back out and about, so maybe we'll see him over the holidays. Anyway, in uh, tonight's show, blend review time again. This time, GLP's is sixpence. And then my guest is Pete Prevost from uh, Briarworks and uh, Pete Prevost Pipes. So we get to talk to him. Uh, music, because we've got Pete on, and because it's the holiday season. And a mailbag, and a uh, not-so-ranty rant. So there you go. All that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, I am excited because tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday morning, we leave for Walt Disney World. So I'll be down playing with Mickey and hanging out in uh, 75-degree weather and, uh, you know, just getting away for a week before the throes of the holidays come, uh, come upon us. And I will definitely be traveling with my pipes, so if you're at Walt Disney World and you happen to see somebody with a pipe in his mouth, it's probably me. Um, I'll, I'll give you updates and start sending, I'll send out some pictures every day or so on my Facebook page. Uh, just a reminder, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are to listen to this fine show. And uh, I don't know how we check that, but anyway, you have to be, so there you go. Um Questions, comments for me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and remember if you've emailed me and I have not responded to you, send it again. Spam filter might get caught in it and I don't see it, so just keep an eye out for that. If I if you email me and you don't get an answer in a couple of days, hey, you know, just let me know. Um we would really appreciate iTunes ratings and reviews. So if you get a moment, please pop over to iTunes, leave us a rating or review, and that does help out a lot. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. All right, so uh, tobacco review by request, and this one goes again to uh, Dylan Forsyth, who sent this request in and uh it's glp's sixpence so going to uh if you read the description on the back of the can the back of the can says you entered the dark paneled room its walls lined with ancient books an antique table stands behind a leather club chair upon it next to a small silver coin an open tobacco tin entices you with an aroma deep rich authentic you fill your bowl, strike a match. The first puff stops time as the smoky magic weaves its spell. Sixpence, the mystery continues. Well, that's all the tin says about it. So, I open the tin. And it's yeah, got, a, got a noticeable release of gas when I open the tin. 
So I can tell some uh, some aging or uh, percolating has been going on in there. And the first smell in the, well, first of all, once you get past all the paper innards, which I found interesting, uh, there's a, a GLP's innard and then two flaps and the broken flake is cradled in a little uh, cup of paper that's got two flaps to it. So three pieces of paper to lift up to get to the tobacco. Um, and I've been in the business for a while. I'm not sure exactly why the paper cup is in there or why the multiple flaps. Uh, anyway, you open it up in the first, you know, once you get to get into the tobacco, it's a, a beautiful broken flake multicolored and the first thing i noticed was and again i'm going into this completely blind i have no idea what i'm you know what i'm getting into because there's no blend description of it um it smells like a danish or german virginia flake tobacco with a little something on it so that's what i know so at that point i decide okay you know uh, the, the first one, it, it's a little wet for out of the tin for my taste, which is probably a good sign that aging it will uh, will do well for it. Uh, but I uh, so I'm I'm wondering what that extra little smell is, and I know nothing of the blend constituency. So I light it up and I smoke it in two different kinds of two different briar pipes and again i know there's no latakia in it so i'm fine with putting it in just about any of my pipes i tried a uh, a a smaller to medium sized bowl and then a more medium sized bowl on it uh, again rubbed them both out the first one i smoked it in the moisture content that it was in out of the tin the second one i let it kind of dry out a little bit um i got a uh, the first impression of it at, in the first pipe was this is a mix of the hay uh, the the hay type grassy type uh, Virginia flakes and the extra sugary American style so it's kind of a cross between a Danish flake and an American flake. Um, not you know just a, a mixture of grassy and a little bit of sweet and that's all i kind of noticed smoked well smoked smooth felt satisfying uh was tasty all the way so then i go on to tobacco reviews and then further on after the blend description on tobacco reviews it says uh the first batch tinned october 15 2014 was released in november 2014 on that date, Mr. Pease wrote, after a, after a longer than expected wait, I'm happy to announce that Sixpence is now wending its way to tobacconist shelves. A rich flake comprising a base of beautiful red Virginias, a generous portion of Perique, and just a bit of dark-fired leaf to add body and dimension. The tobaccos are delicately kissed with a special spirit, then pressed and aged in cakes before being sliced and tinned. The taste and aroma are deep, full, and satisfying. Reminiscent of traditional tobaccos from long ago, I'm very excited about the release, and I'm sure you can imagine I've been working on Sixpence for a long time and and beyond pleased with it. It's one of those rare moments when everything comes together and the final blend actually exceeded the expectations I began the journey with. Uh, so there you go. 
It's a uh, it's a Virginia Perique topped with a delicate kiss of a special spirit. Now, after I read that and I smoked the second bowl, I could barely pick up a hint of the Perique. Just barely. And maybe it was towards the second half of the bowl. And keep in mind, I love Perique. So whatever it was in there, it's not a real high Perique punch. Uh, the special spirit, I'm picking up a mixture of kind of uh, citrus honey something. So it kind of reminded me or made me think of Cointreau, which is an orange liqueur. I don't know what it, exactly it is, but that's what I picked up. Um, now, for me, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I've now had about six bowls of it over the you know, over the couple of days, and uh, found it to be, you know, just a, a good a good blend, a good deviation from my standard uh, high sugary ketchupy McClelland. A uh, couple of reviews on TobaccoReviews.com. One, all uh, the uh, pipe stud, Steve Fallon, writes, I'm a big fan of Sixpence. I love the way Greg Pease wove the Kentucky and Virginia together and topped the broken flakes with some sort of casing that was quite tasty. Sixpence bur- uh, burned a little more quickly than many Pease blends, and a slow draw was needed to fully appreciate all the different and wonderful flavors. I know everyone's chemical makeup is such that certain blends are loved by some and hated by others, but I can't imagine anyone not liking Sixpence. Uh, The only people I can imagine not liking Sixpence are those that like Latakia. The Pipe Stud gave it a four-star rating. Uh, Going through all the ratings on tobacco reviews, most people put it in the medium strength and a very mild flavor, medium taste, you know, along along that level, nothing too intense. Uh, the one-star review from Tobacco is, says, A briar friend gave me two-thirds of a tin to try since he did not like it, and I would have to concur. This one bites, perhaps it's the booze or the pH of the leaves. Either way, it does not agree with me. I also have to thank him since I did not have to buy a tin and won't bother doing so. This leans towards the aromatic side, especially in the tin topped with something anise or licorice. Sambuca comes to mind and bad teenage memories. <laughs> uh, this packs well and burns well, but falls down in terms of body and richness. It tries to be nice. It tries to be too nice. The Virginias are very light, too light for my liking, with a full, f- with a few flavor holes or blank spots. The Perique is well done, and the blend smells more aromatic than it smokes, thankfully. Overall, I cannot recommend this one due to the bite, blank spots, too nice aw shucks taste, and the Sambuca does not work for me at all. So after reading those two reviews and having several bowls of it, I will say that I like it as an alternative. It's, it's an interesting blend. Uh, with the topping on there, I'm a little afraid to let it age much more than two or three years because the because the the toppings tend not to age as well as the straight tobaccos do. Um, but I will I will tell you I am going to be buying some tins of this and I and thank you to Dylan for uh, making me try it because I'll be putting a few tins of this in the cellar and uh, using it as an alternative maybe. Uh, Maybe something uh, to smoke when I'm around people that is that are a little more sensitive to the uh, 
to just the straight Perique or the Periki punch. So there you go. Uh, sixpence from GLPs. I actually liked it. In just a minute, Pete Prevost. This is Internet Radio. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, Pete Prevost. And Pete, you've been on the show, I, I'll call it a half a time, because the last time you were on, you were on with Todd. Uh, but this time, you're on your own. So, uh, Pete Prevost, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show again. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Brian. All right, so... Go back to show eighty, whatever it was, and you'll hear uh, you'll you'll hear Pete talk about growing up in California and wanting to learn, you know, wanting to be a guitar player like Jody Davis, and uh, now Pete is wanting to be a pipe maker like Jody Davis. Um, <laughs> so it's just Jody two uh, But the last time you were on, you guys had just launched. Briarworks. I mean, literally, you were like days away from the Chicago Pipe Show premiere of it, and uh, now you've uh, kind of reworked stuff. So let's let's get first of all tell us what exactly what what's going on with Briarworks now. Okay. Yeah, I do. I definitely remember that last interview, and uh, we were definitely in the thick of just just had ran I think our first few pipes or something like that and we were trying to cram and get stuff done for the show and at that show we ended up taking like 20 something pipes with us and just kind of showed off a, a variety of sort of what was to come from Briarworks but um, we were definitely in the infant stages there uh, so a lot's happened that's been about just over four years ago I believe um, and there's been a lot that has gone on during that time. Uh, so where we're at now with Briarworks is, you know, myself uh, and Todd started the factory together. And um, at some point in last year, I think it was around August or so, uh, Todd is still owner and still involved with the company and, you know, helps out with uh some bigger picture planning and things like that. But uh, for the most part, Todd's gone back to being a full-time pipe maker and I got moved into running the company. And so <laughs> now we've got a totally different thing going. It's uh, it's me and we've got a whole different group of people working for us um, than were there when we did the last interview. 
Um, and the big, the big part of that is that we've brought in uh, several, not several, but three really talented handmade carvers that everybody that listens to this show is probably familiar with, but Bill Swalowski, Sam Adebayo, and Micah Redmond all work at Briarworks. And so it's just amazing the talent that we have here at the shop. Um, and all the pipes that you see out there, the Briarworks pipes that you see are, are pretty much made by those three guys. I mean, uh, there's other people kind of doing other things in the background, but for the most part, the, the core of production is made by those three guys. And uh, my role is sort of sales and overseeing the day-to-day of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. There's a lot of good stuff that's been happening. Yeah, so when we last talked to you, you had you, about six, eight months earlier, you had left the music world and left the band because you got tired of the road life. And, uh, now you're out on the road doing a lot of sales and doing events and stuff like that. Yeah, I am, but you know, it's, it's significantly less than I used to travel. I mean, I used to be on the road at least 200 days a year. And and now, you know, I'm, I'm gone four or five days a month, you know, but not, not anything too crazy. (laughs) It's, it's really calmed down. So my, I get to go home most nights. So it's pretty, it's pretty great. <laughs> All right. Take us through what makes Briarworks, uh, what makes Briarworks different from the, you've, you've, each one of the pipe makers has their own handmaids, but what makes a Briarworks pipe different from their handmaids? Yeah. Well, I think what's, what's different is, you know, we're obviously trying to come out with, pipes that are sort of in a price range that most people that buy pipes can afford. So we're trying to sort of cover a spectrum of prices. So our pipes range from anywhere from 80 bucks uh, to, you know, like 180 on average. Um, and then we've got some higher end stuff that sort of creeps up into the, you know, two to $500 range, but we're trying to, you know, keep most of our pipes that, uh, for the most part in that, you know, hundred to $150 price point. And, um, so what's different is they are hand designed shapes, you know, uh, myself or any of the guys might design a shape for the line. And then it's, you know, it started on machine. So that's the difference right there is, Whereas a handmade for many of us, you know, we're going to sit down with a block of briar, hand shape it, hand drill it, do all that. Instead, on these, they are, you take a block of briar, we put it in one of our machines, and it cuts out that shape, and it drills that shape. And then from there on, it's pretty much almost the same as a handmade pipe. I mean, as far as the stumble goes, you know, all the sanding, finishing, the whole process is just like, well, exactly how we would do a handmade. Um, so a lot of people like to assume that Briarworks is this, you know, machine-made pipe when our pipes are no more machine-made than any other factory in the world. They're, they're just as much, there's just as much handmade work that goes into our pipes. And a lot of factories will use the sort of handmade label 
on their pipes, even though there's some definitely some machine uh, assistance involved. Uh, we just choose not to really promote them as handmade. We feel like it maybe it wouldn't really represent it the way that we would want it to be represented. But we do want people to understand that they are very much you know hands on, and there's not not a ton of machining work that goes into everything that we do. Well, and aren't in all honesty, aren't a lot of handmade pipes turned on a lathe and you know, use they there's some machinery involved in in what we would consider handmade pipes too absolutely i mean there's a couple approaches you can you know you can do most of the shaping on just like a you know sort of sanding wheel um, and then hand drill on a lathe or you can actually turn it on a lathe and drill it on the lathe so yeah there's and in pretty much all, you know, professional pipe making, there's a lot of machinery involved at some point. You know, it just you know, it depends on which stages of the process and how how much is automated and how much is manual. But yeah, that's definitely true. So with the with the Briarwork stuff, the the sizes are all going to be uniform. The shape is going to be uniform, and the fit and the finish is going to be that of kind of like a handmade yeah and you know the stems are all cut on machine as well um and they're you know they're cut from rod they're not uh they're not molded stems they're actually cut from rod um and they're all cut to sort of like the sizes and specifics that we would try and do on handmade they're not quite as quite as thin as we would do on a button on a handmade or something like that at the bit, but um, they're very comfortable. Uh, they're acrylic, you know, they're not, they're not ebonite stems, but they are acrylic stems, but they're, they're really nice stems and, you know, fit and finish wise, everything is pretty inconsistent. You know, there's not, and that's, that's sort of the idea behind what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide a really high quality factory produced pipe that looks and feels like one of our handmaids, but is in that, you know, hundred to $150 price point, which is just a, you know, a great price. So you, you've also changed the names because when you first started, it was uh, Icarus and Neptune. And now you've got yes. two new lines or <laughs> explain that to me. Yeah, you know, when we first started, Briarworks International was the company, like, corporate name that, you know, all of our checks were written to. But we started with two brands, Icarus and Neptune. We were trying to, you know, kind of create these, like, brands and stories. And that lasted for just a little bit over a year and a half or two years. And then ultimately we started introducing some other lines under the Briarworks name. And what we realized was Briarworks sort of became the brand name, and there was some confusion. Icarus and Neptune, people didn't really know we were the ones making it. There was just a whole lot of reasons for changing that. And ultimately, we decided, you know what, we need to kind of get all these things under one brand name. So we canceled out sort of the Icarus and Neptune production for a while, and we just had the Briarworks Classic line, the Briarworks Signature line, and then eventually we sort of 
brought back a couple of those Icarus and Neptune shapes and added some new shapes and came out with the Briarworks original line. Um, but it just kind of made things a little bit more consistent from a branding perspective uh, to kind of get everything under the Briarworks name. And uh, it's actually, it's helped a lot. I think it really has sort of changed, uh, you know, the, the way that people sort of understand and see who we are. Uh, we've really tried to kind of make ourselves not feel so, I don't know, we, you know, international, corporate. I think that whole thing kind of threw people off a little bit. Um, they thought, oh, these must not be produced in the USA because it's international. And, but we really wanted to make people understand, no, we're a U.S. factory. We're made in Nashville, Tennessee. Here's, here are the guys that are making your pipes. You can go on the website. You can see the guys. You can feel like, you know, you understand us a little bit more. And, you know, a lot of people know us, you know, so it, it feels, it just feels more personal that way. And I think we've, I think we've done a good job the past year sort of helping people understand that, you know, we're a small factory, we're approachable, we're made in the USA. These are the guys that are making your product. You can trust us and know that you're going to get a good pipe and good customer service for the price you're paying. That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of these shapes that I'm looking at here on the website, and uh, maybe we'll get uh, Pete to tell uh, stories of some of the pipes he's making himself. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Pete Prevost all by himself for the first time, and he's not scared. But, uh, you know, Pete, over the break there, I was thinking about it. You know, maybe changing away from the Icarus and Neptune names weren't too bad because didn't one guy burn himself up flying into the sun and Neptune was underwater where the pipes would smoke really wet? Yeah, that doesn't, uh, when you think about it in that way, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I've got to just blame Todd on that one because those were, those were his concepts. So I, <laughs> I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't take credit. I can't take credit, nor do I, nor do I want to. No, I'm just giving him a hard time. But no, there were, there were good ideas that just, uh, they just didn't really work out. And it, it and you know, most people just couldn't even, you'd think that most people would know the name, the word, I'm sorry, the name Icarus, but, most people still couldn't pronounce it. They would just come to us and be like, uh, you're Icarus or Icarus or whatever this <laughs> pipe brand is. Like, so, yeah, it was confusing for, for some people. Todd, we love you, but you're going to take the blame for that one. 
Um, so, so the Briarworks classic line is, I more modern interpretations of just some classic shapes and traditional pipes and uh and i'm looking at uh in in particular the the straight rhodesians are like 90 bucks for a for a rusticated or a sandblast um and they're standard sizes too they're not really uh not really small dinky pipes are they no um they i mean they're standard sizes you know i think I think some guys have told us they'd like to see bigger pipes from us, and we do actually plan to uh, to sort of answer that request um, early in early next year. I think we're going to come out with sort of an XL version of some of the classics. And uh, but I mean they're normal sized pipes, and they are a little bit modern in terms of the interpretation of what we did. Uh, for the most part, they're fairly classic. But there's some things that you typically wouldn't have seen on a classic pipe, um, like say the Rhodesian, for example, uh, that you were talking about. Um, we do a short saddle stem on that, which more than likely that that shape you would have only seen with a long taper or a long saddle stem. Uh, so the the short saddle stem definitely gives it more of a modern feel, but it looks awesome. Like it's a great they're great pipes. I mean they're. You can't beat it. Ninety to one hundred thirty bucks uh, for an awesome pipe with amazing finishes. I mean, the smooth especially. That's one thing that I feel like we do better than anybody else is the way that our fin- our smooth finishes look is just remarkable. Now, are you lacquering, or is that just a high wax on the on the smooths? Uh, no, it's just a high wax. You know, we do. Uh, you know, standard, you know, sort of buffing procedures uh, that we would do with our handmaids. You've got, you know, you got your triple E that we buff it with, and then we use, um, you know, it's a, like a white diamond type, you know, compound, and then, you know, carnauba wax finish, and, and that's it. There's no there's no lacquer or anything like that. So, so no, uh, no, no burning it off for the first 10 bowls while you, uh, while you coat your tongue with fuzzy stuff. Right, exactly. And something else to, to note on our smooths is um, we do not do any sort of putty fills on our smooths. Um, you know, the only we're pretty picky about what becomes a smooth in the first place. Um, and the ones that do become smooths, um, if they have you know minor imperfections that are very small, um, we'll maybe do like a tiny little like glue fill just to seal it. So that it's sealed up, and then whenever whenever you buff it that way, it's a smooth, glossy finish. There's no little dimples where there was a tiny imperfection. But we're not trying to hide those flaws. You know, you can see them there if you look at the pipe. You know, so there's no wood putty fills or anything like that in our smooths. And now let's switch over to the uh, to the Briarworks original line because those shapes are. Uh, I mean. Uh, can can we can we tell some uh, some of the Briarworks secrets that you know because you're using machinery you have some limitations where you can't make every shape like some bizarrely forward canted big Dublin that I have made by some guy named Pete, uh, <laughs> but you know still you're getting some really creative lines and 
those are shapes that are kind of uh, designed by you guys that are in the shops. Yeah. You know, um, what was cool about the Brayworks original was we had the concept of Brayworks original for quite some time before we actually released them because we had planned to sort of merge the Icarus and Neptune lines. And then as we kind of got closer to the release, what we ended up deciding to do was just come out with five shapes at first because there's five handmade carvers in this shop. And we had each of us introduce a shape to the line. And so what we did was we brought back my stubby apple from the Icarus line so that we had a bite from Icarus. We brought back Todd's strawberry shape from the Neptune line so that we had something from Neptune. And then we had, um, you know, Bill, Sam, and Micah each design a shape for the line. And that way it sort of represented every single person that is a handmade carver here at the shop. And uh, it's been really, really fun, actually. Uh, the Some of the shapes have been really well received. Um, Micah's uh, Chubby Tomato in particular has done really well. Um, and it's, it's just a fun line. I mean, it's, it's sort of... I don't know, it gives a little bit more to our personalities. Um, it's not just, you know, modern interpretations of classic shapes. These are the kind of shapes that we produce when we make a handmade pipe. And, um, yeah, it's, it's doing really well. We're really happy with the line. Now, are these all with acrylic stems as well? They are. And, um, you know, I think at some point we might introduce, you know, some options for ebonite and maybe some other materials even for stems. Uh, the thing is, is for now, uh, most of our business is still uh, wholesale to shops around the U.S. for the most part. Um, and most stores have requested acrylic stems from us because they stay shiny, they don't have to fuss with them, they don't have to go back and rebuff them. And so since most of our business is asking for that, that's why we've kind of stuck to that for now. Um, plus, at that price point, there's a lot more work that goes into a good ebonite stem, and it just, from financially at that price, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But hopefully at some point we can kind of get to, get there and we can, we can introduce some ebonite stems for those customers as well. Well, I'll give you a big vote of support for the acrylic stems because I own several pipes that have acrylic stems on them. And as long as the stem's shaped well, it doesn't have to be thin. And they they withstand chomping and sunshine and all the other problems that you run into with ebonite and even worse with vulcanite. So don't be afraid of acrylic. As long as it's shaped correctly, it's as comfortable as anything else, and it's dramatically more durable. Uh, you just don't want to chomp oh, yeah. down on it real hard. But Yeah, but, I mean, and that's the thing. I think ultimately when we started the factory, the whole goal was, oh, we got to get to the, got to get to the point where we can do, a, you know, ebonite stems, and that's what people are going to want. You know, it's funny. You know, we've learned so much over the past four years, and, you know, it seems to be that most people are really happy with our acrylic stems, and in some ways, a lot of guys prefer them. And, you know, we, I think from a handmade perspective, we just never would have thought that would have been the case because it's a different market that's buying most of the factory pipes. And we've just learned a lot in the past few years, and 
our acrylic stems are really nice, so we kind of just keep going with it because it, it just seems to make sense. You're you're being an elitist, and uh, and uh, don't be afraid of the acrylic. It's okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, the, and then and then you've got the uh, then you've got the Briarworks signature line, and there's uh, Todd's magnetic calabash, uh, which is just amazing that you guys can still set the magnets in there, and then the does the whole bowl cap come out, or just the the top changes? Yeah, so we made it. You know, we first came out with that calabash uh, with the Delrin uh, inset in the top, and basically it was a friction fit. And we, just, you know, as a production pipe, we were having so many issues with Delrin, uh, you know, friction fit inside. It was just there's all kinds of reasons why that wasn't going to work long term. So we had to come up with something else. And we were sitting in the office one day discussing the calabash and what we could do to change it because we were getting guys sending their pipes back and we had to repair them. And it, fortunately, we hadn't had them out for very long with the friction fit. And, you know, we were discussing about how it'd be great if we could make them interchangeable. And so that way people could buy multiple pipes and our multiple bowls and switch them out. And um, actually, Todd had made a pipe at one point a few years ago, a handmade, that he he did the magnetic top uh, cover on it so that it could be like a wind cap sort of, so that, you know, the customer that bought it could ride his motorcycle and still smoke the pipe. <laughs> and, you know, and so... I remembered that pipe, and as we were sitting there discussing it, I was thinking about it, and I and I said, Todd, like, you know, it'd be really cool. We should do something with magnets, like you did on that one pipe a few years ago. And so we sort of thought about it, and we discussed how it could work and the best place to put the magnets, and we did it. And, you know, and it was a pretty remarkable change, and it's. It's a show. It's a show. A showstopper for sure. You know, every show we bring those two, people want to come to the table just to look at them. And you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, guys can buy additional bowls and they can switch them out for their, you know, their Virginias or their English or you know, their aromatics. And um, yeah, it's cool. It works really well, and we haven't really had hardly any issues with them at all. I think one guy sent us his back because a magnet had come out and we, you know, fixed it and glued it back in for him and then it was back to him. And, but for the most part, we haven't really had any issues with those pipes. So it's pretty great. It definitely is a good looking pipe. Um, what's going on with Pete? Do, are you getting a chance to make any handmaids and, you know, play around with, play around on the, uh, on the shaping wheel? Yeah. And it kind of goes in waves. Um, you know, typically right before Chicago, you know, I get a handful done, uh, which is, and that just, that's by sheer, like, staying overnight, basically, getting some pipes done, because pre-Chicago, as a factory, things are also crazy, so, um, after Chicago, there's usually a big dip in production for me, um, and kind of settling back in, and you know, recovering, and then we've got, you know, for factory, we've got IPCPR, which is a big show in July. So there's there's sort of this time in the summer where I don't get a lot of handmaids done. 
And then usually in the fall, things pick back up. And so recently, you know, in the past few weeks, I've, uh, I've made a handful of pipes and, um, you know, but I average probably only somewhere between 30 to 40 handmaids a year. It's not a high number. Um, with the factory, it just consumes so much of my time. Um, and I really want to be able to, you know, spend time with the family when I'm, you know, not here at the factory. So usually one to two days a week, I'll stay after and, you know, I'll, you know, like tonight, actually, I'm going to stay late and work on some handmaids here at the shop. So I'm still getting that handmaids in and I'm doing, doing, you know, a decent number of them, but not like the, not like the 50 to 100 that I, I feel like I was doing, you know, five, six years ago. So it's, it's slowed down a bit. So after your full-time job of making pipes all day long and running a pipe factory, you go to your part-time job of making pipes making by pipes. yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so much fun, man. I, I love, I love getting to do the handmade still, you know, you would think, you would think running a pipe factory, uh, you would really just kind of lose your love for, for making a handmade pipe. But, I don't know. In a lot of ways, I think it's made me love it more. Um, there's something special still to me about the amount of time and attention that goes into one handmade pipe versus, you know, in the in that same amount of time, you could make a dozen factory pipes. Um, but I don't know. There's just something for me about, you know, sitting down and, uh, and doing that whole process start to finish still. Um, I love it. Is there a, a shape of pipe that you're uh, still kind of taking shots at and working on that, that you want to perfect? Well, one thing that I have, I have in the past year kind of came out with a few different handmade pipes that I feel are kind of unique. Uh, one in particular was this wand shape that I came out with about a year ago that's a entirely full bent uh sort of an egg brandy shape that has a little swoop on the top of the bowl and it's a you know long tapered you know or not even a long tapered but a fat tapered stem that's got a really heavy bend in it and um it's a shape that i've definitely toyed with a lot the past year uh made quite a few of them and i really like the way that the shape has sort of developed uh and, uh, you know, there's a couple other ones that I've been working on recently. Um, one thing that I've really always done, but I've really sort of just started owning as my sort of one of my things is I've always made smaller handmaids for the most part. And occasionally I'll make a few just ginormous pipes, but <laughs> you know, my, my ginormous pipes for most people are sort of like regular size pipes, but, um, you know, I've sort of owned the whole like tiny pipe thing and started really just, it's a lot of fun for me. I mean, there are a lot of guys would think that they're easier, but hand, hand making tiny pipes is a much harder thing than a bigger pipe. Uh, you know, it's just the, the details and you, and the, you know, it's harder to work with, harder to finish out. So I've really enjoyed making these sort of mini handmade pipes. And um, I even got some cool leather bags that are even mini sized as well, so I can put them in a little mini, mini bag. So, you know, 
that I'm kind of back on that kick of making small pipes again. It's just it's a lot of fun. I don't know. They're cute, and then you just kind of want to cuddle them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can get your little mini Pete and cuddle it in its little tiny bag. Exactly, it's adorable. Pete, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. And yes, you're going to get them again. So sorry. All right, here we go. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, is probably actually right, like, my, my favorite is my, uh, the little stubby apple that, um, that we made of the Icarus shape. That started as just a, for me, that was a scrap piece of briar, and <laughs> I made it into a handmade pipe, and I, lo- I loved it. It was a great little pipe, and then we ended up making it a production pipe. So that, that sort of happened by accident, and, um, it's, it's special to me because it's, you know, it became one of our sort of, I guess, iconic shapes for Briarworks. So it's special to me because it, uh, it, it sort of represents all the things that we've done the past four years. What is your favorite tobacco? I used to smoke English blends nonstop. That was my thing. In fact, we have Pete's Beards blend as one of our Briarworks blends because I love English blends. But at some point in the past year, I've kind of gotten a little bit burned out on Latakia for whatever reason. And I think, I think I'll fall back in love with it at some point again. But I'm on a Virginia kick right now. And so I'm loving Virginia. So I know it's kind of a popular thing, but, you know, everybody loves Stonehaven. So I'm a big <laughs> Stonehaven fan. But actually, I think I might like Peacehaven more than I like Stonehaven. So right now, I would probably say one of my favorites is Peacehaven. Well, Peacehaven's a little easier to get. Um, what is what is your favorite drink? Ooh, my favorite drink. Well, I like beer. So my favorite drink, in it, to sum it up, would probably just be beer. But uh, my favorite my favorite cocktail because I do like I make cocktails at home for my me and my wife. Uh, I'm a I'm a Manhattan guy. I love rye Manhattan, so I make I make a pretty pretty decent little rye Manhattan at home all the time. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Movie, hands down. My wife and I, you know, we love to chill in the evenings and either watch a movie or. You know, we, we watch TV shows, too, so that's definitely my, my thing to do. I like to listen to music when I'm when I'm driving to and from work, but um, at, at home, I like to relax and listen to or uh, watch a good movie. And finally, we have the uh, pipe smoking-related memory, but I have a request of a memory. Okay. Can you tell the story about your kids and Uncle Jody? Yeah, so... No, you know, my kids, you know, they were both pretty young when I left the band, and our son was a baby, so, I mean, he never even really got to see me in concert except one time, and he doesn't clearly remember that, so, uh, we took the guys, uh, you know, took the kids out to see, uh, to see the Newsboys, and, uh, they were playing in town, and Jody got his tickets, and, uh, yeah, our son especially was just like, thought Jody was the coolest thing ever, and he told me, after the show about how cool Jody Davis was. And I was like, hey, guys, like, 
you know your dad used to do that too and be on stage but they weren't they weren't that impressed because they didn't <laughs> see it but uh it's funny though that you actually bring that up because just yesterday we were sitting at home and my son you know he wanted to watch some music videos on tv so we pull up youtube and at first he wanted to watch my music videos so we start watching some of my music videos and then he says like let's watch some of jody mr jody so we start watching some newsboys music videos and after we did that for a while my son looks at me and he says yeah he kind of he kind of struggled for a second he knew that it wasn't going to like come out maybe the way that he thought it should he's only four years old mind you he says dad um i think i need to tell you that i i think i like mr jody's music better than yours and i was like (laughs) ouch And, and and i was like man Kind of, it kind of started a little bit. And he goes, and I was like, really? And and I was like, okay, whatever. And he, and then he felt kind of bad. And he was like, I mean, I like I like your music too. I like I like yours and Mr. Jody's. But it was it was too late. The honesty had come through. And he clearly uh, he clearly thinks Mr. Jody's much cooler than me. So it's fine. He is he is pretty cool. So it's all right. <laughs> The uh, website to see all of the new Briarworks pipes is briarworksusa.com and uh let's see you can even see all the uh, you can see all the the uh, originals that have a uh, Pete Prevost design, a Todd Johnson design, uh Sam, Bill, Micah. In fact, let's see. Sam's the only one we haven't had on the show yet, so um uh tell him when he's I ready. Yeah, give him a hard time about that because uh, for whatever reason, Sam he's a uh, he, he definitely is not a self promoter. He he try <laughs> he does not promote himself at all, which I can totally respect. But uh, yeah, I've I've bugged him a few times and said you need to get on the show with Brian. But you know, whatever. One of these days you're gonna just happen to have a recorder and uh, sneak an interview with him without him knowing. <laughs> yeah, pipe makers, you know, you can't tell him anything. But uh, check out the website. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you were at uh, Disney World, and uh, I'll be there tomorrow, so I'll uh, say hi to Mickey for you. Please do, yes. Pete, thanks for uh, joining us. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see you on the road somewhere. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. 
This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, do check out all the new stuff that uh, Briarworks is doing and uh, maybe uh, put one under the tree for you. You know, never know. All right, uh, for music, we are going back to uh, Pete Prevost and we're starting our uh, season of holiday music. This one is uh, entitled Silent Night. And it is by Sanctus Real when uh, Pete was in the band. So you get to hear Pete playing guitar and we get a holiday tune to kick off the holiday season. Yes. 
how's that to kick off the holiday season of music? Uh, for more Sanctus Real, it's S-A-N-C-T-U-S-R-E-A-L. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or uh, Amazon. You, Daddy, have an email. In the mailbag, uh, Dino writes from last week. For me, the absolute high point of the show was Dan Locklear's America Symphony Movement, Stunningly Beautiful. Dino, I can't agree with you more, and uh, just wait until we hear Memorial Day and the 4th of July, coming up when the weather warms up. Uh, Dino goes on to write, the discussion with Shane was so informative and and enlightening. Thanks. What a lovely way to end the show, a terrific gesture and a moving letter from listener Steve, and your truly touching edition of Happy Together. Uh, My deepest wishes for a happy Thanksgiving to you, Kevin, and your families, and to all my friends, acquaintances, and members of the Pipe Smoking Fellowship, Dino. Dino, thank you very much. And then on the other side, we have Casey Ghost, who writes, Fairly good show. Missed the pipe part segment. Let me just say right here that uh, when we have the co-hosts on, there won't be an individual pipe parts segment, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, last week's show with Shane was an entire pipe part segment. Uh, but then... Casey Ghost goes on to write, shame you guys couldn't give us a description of the of a Danish-American pipe other than you know one when you see one. Uh, the rest of the show turned into a SmokingPipes.com commercial. I've always liked the Happy Trails theme at the end of the show, but the song you chose for this show is quite appropriate. There we go. And then Troll writes, who is actually Steve, uh, just listened to tonight's episode. I sat here crying as you read my letter and played my song. Thanks for the memories, as Bob Hope used to say, keep up the good work. We uh, certainly will. All right, remember, if you've got any questions or comments, you can email me directly, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or post them on Pipes Magazine on the radio show page, or you can follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Not much special goes on there, except it's a good way to get a hold of me. And you can follow me directly on Facebook. All right, a uh, not-so-rant-rant coming up. Cowboy. Cowboy. begin your holiday shopping for those of you who haven't started already uh let me point out a few companies to you that i think we ought to uh you know at least give our support to um first of all if you have a choice of drugstores if it's for greeting cards or uh, christmas candy or decorations or whatever uh walgreens walgreens has uh, committed themselves to continuing to carry tobacco even though uh a certain CVS is chickened out, and uh, Walmart's relegated it to behind the baby formula. So, Walgreens is one that I like to support. Two, uh, Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble Booksellers. Yes, the retail store that is still in business. Uh, the only reason I like supporting them, first of all, it's a bookstore that you can walk into, and they've got a lot of books and stuff, but their bags... Yeah, the shopping bags that they give out have a little hobbit-looking fellow that is smoking a pipe sitting in under a tree on the bag. So, if you get a chance, support Barnes & Noble. Uh, Yankee Candle goes back to uh, Santa's pipe 
uh, the Santa's pipe candle flavor from last year. I don't know if they have it this year. I don't care, but just because they did it last year and showed Santa holding a pipe on the label, that's good enough for me. So if you've got a chance and you need to buy candles for somebody or you know gifts like that, go to Yankee Candle. And then uh, finally, uh, Amazon. If for uh, you know if you're ordering online. Amazon has what they call smile.amazon and all year long that I've been ordering from Amazon I've been uh, donating to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation so you can pick your own charity and a percentage of your purchase goes directly to them and then of course if you're looking for pipes and pipe tobacco stuff well you know who to order from all right that about wraps it up next week 100% pre-recorded and uh yeah we'll uh won't have a mailbag, but we'll have a show for you next Tuesday night. New shows post every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can get them on iTunes and uh, all those other uh, podcast places that uh, people go for podcasts. So thank you to Pete Prevost for joining me. Thank you for all. T- <laughs> thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just Sing a song and think about sunny weather.